Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Jerusalem to the world. You're part of it wherever you are, and shalom and welcome to Beit Midrash Sulam Yaakov, and shalom and welcome to the Land of Israel Network, which provides you with great programs from the Land of Israel. Today we're in the capital of the Land of Israel. If I'm in Sulam Yaakov, that means I'm also with Rabbi Mike Foyer. Rabbi Mike, shalom. Oh, shalom, and welcome to the capital. The of capital of Israel. The Land of Israel. You know what? I always thought I was the capital, but yesterday I had a sneaking suspicion. Yeah, I, I, I knew sure. that. I knew that, and I'd read the Bible, and I and I like know about. You know the, our state of Israel. In the last two thousand years of history, right? Two thousand years, yes, and also well, the last 3, 000, seventy years. You know, yeah, okay. It all came into me, and I knew that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. And yet, yesterday, a great leader uh, uh, of a great nation, uh, Donald Trump, the President Donald Trump, stood up and he said uh, incredible things, reaffirming that fact that we all know, and also declaring that American policy is from now on to respect the fact that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. I thought that his speech itself, his speech, by the way, which was great visuals of the speech, because if you heard it, it's one thing, but if you saw the Christmas trim yes. in back. Uh, I saw some pictures of it. Yeah, it was great. It was just great. It was totally Christmassy. And also, behind him was Mike Pence, and he was standing there with this kind of like Pensive regal. Look. No, it was a kind of regal smile. And it was like a nodding, yes, yes, this well, is I right. Mean, from a domestic political standpoint, this is a big victory for Pence. And from his own personal beliefs, yeah, so, yes, yes, you know he's. Sure. Uh, and by the way, somebody called me today and was like, "This is a great victory for Christian Zionism." I said, "You know, partially, but don't forget that that Trump is is not a Christian Zionist." Nope. And and let's say Breitbart that helped Trump get in, not Christian Zionist. And basically, there's a coalition here of let's call it conservatives and Christians. But in any case, and here's the beauty: this is what I thought was so great about the Trump speech. Donald Trump is is kind of thought of uh, the world over as a kind of. Um, Buffoon? Well, I don't. I never thought that. I never thought that. I didn't ask I, how you thought. Yeah, but the I world over, I think. I, it's a fair I personally don't believe that anybody who's a, who's a very successful billionaire we, and has we've towers, had this discussion. I just don't believe that. I, I just I, and I have met many millionaires and billionaires, and I have not met one yet. Who well, no, me not buffoon among them? No, not not one yet. Uh, I just don't think you get there. I just don't think you get there. But in any case, you could be evil. But 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 I don't think he's evil. In any case, one thing I, I one thing that I think people will agree on is that he is a person who is. Um, has a strong sense of self, right? Oh, uh, slightly, yes. Right, and yet his First speech. First president to have had a reality television show. After right, all. right, but but right, and and if you ever watch the show, it's very much about him, and he's the boss, Wasn't and all it that. No, it's called oh. the Apprentice. The oh, Apprentice. Okay. The, Dafka, the opposite. But 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 if you listen to the speech, it was a very humble speech. He focused on the fact that a there's an American law on the books since 1995, and that he wants to respect the will of the American people, and two. He said, uh, this was a fascinating part of the speech where he said, let's just acknowledge the obvious. Like Jerusalem is the capital of and, Israel. And this is the, in my mind, the grandeur of what he actually did. He said, let's just simply speak truth in the public sphere for a minute. Right. Just a minute in the international public sphere, most importantly. And that's why I actually see a direct line between the events of the other night and the approaching Hanukkah story. It's, a, it's really a fascinating thing because without getting to the details of the Maccabees and the fight and all that, you know that we as a people travel through four different exiles, right? And the first was in Babylon. The second was Persia, which is a brief period. We can talk about it some other time. And the third is Greece. And the sages characterize each one of them in the verses of the Torah. And you know what they said about the Greeks? Shem chashchuet enei Israel. That they're the ones that darken the eyes of Israel. 
Why? Because Greece is the quintessential other story. Right. It is the quintessential other story, which not only claims to be a competing narrative, but says, actually, what you're talking about is total hooey. You and your dark superstitions and your, and your silly notions and your you know, mystic fantasies and all that. And suddenly we live in a time where our messianic hope of 2,000 years of exile actually is being fulfilled in a literal sense around us every day. And nobody wants to see it. Right. And suddenly this president Nobody wants up. to see it, say it stronger. They want to deny it. Well, because it's... Just like you said, the quintessential other story. They want to they they, Exactly, because it's deeply threatening then right. to the illusory world that they've built. Right. And suddenly you have a president who also sees himself as a bit of a wrecking ball, um, which is where I see a lot of this coming from saying, hey, watch this. The emperor has no clothes. The emperor has right. no... Like, duh, Jerusalem is the capital of the Jewish people. Shocker. And the world, by the way, went nuts. Right. How about and, like and, and, smoking out all the snakes <laughs> in the wood pile? <laughs> you know, like smoking like, out the snakes. I love that. That's like, such a great image. That's such a great. That's such a. That's such a great image to, to think about. One of those snakes that came out snaking like yeah was Germany. Yeah, Germany so? came out with statements uh, that that said that they were going that they're very against this. That, that that America's prejudicing, you know, final status, and that this this needs not to be done, and that they're going to rethink the special relationship they have with Israel. And they came out with a lot of really, you know, hard statements against this. And my wife and I were just incredulous. We're like, we're like, if there's one country that just should zip it. And my wife, my <laughs> wife with her like whip tongue, you know, wrote on Twitter like, you know, because of that whole genocide Jew hatred thing that you have in your past, right. maybe not you should, such a distant past, by right? The way. Maybe you should just like hold. Your tongue, you know, do not, do not say things. But they came out, like speaking of smoking out the snakes, they came out hard against it. And I want to add to you something. I want to add to you something. I have a friend, a friend of ours in common, Uh came out with some stuff on Facebook saying, this is not important. It's not so valuable. We know it's the capital. And this friend of ours, I I couldn't have disagreed with him more. I'm, I'm saying... In a world that wants to promote this contra-narrative, when our best friend, America, goes to the world and says, I'm the leader of that contra-narrative without recognizing my friend's own capital, it really opened the door for a lot of people to, it legitimized yeah. the hate. And, and I want to remind you of something that kind of went past the news very quickly. This past Thursday, meaning to say a week ago, the United Nations approved in the, in the General Assembly six resolutions at the vote of 151 to 6, which included the following language. Listen carefully, dear Rabbi Mike. I'm with her. Any actions taken by Israel, the occupying power, to impose its laws, jurisdiction, and administration on the holy city of Jerusalem are illegal and therefore null and void and have no validity whatsoever. Did I, did I say, did you hear me say Eastern Jerusalem? Yeah, it was exactly what I right. heard there. No, it's, it's full on you have no right in Jerusalem. But that's the ugliness that underlies all these people saying that Trump's statement prejudices final status agreements. You realize that? Because he didn't use the phrase undivided capital of the Jewish people. Let's face it. He didn't talk about the Jewish people's undisputed right to the Temple Mount. He, you know, he didn't go there. In, in fact, what he said could be interpreted in many, many ways, even though I think he meant it the way I'm saying it. But, but the key is, nevertheless, it shows you that these people all see the ultimate status, final status agreement is that Jerusalem is not ours. Right. That is the final status. Right. And the denial eyes. here is, is total. Yes, that's what I'm the saying. The denial is total. That is the final status. But understand that we just had you know, a fight with UNESCO, the Nikki Haley's and all that kind of stuff. The UN doubled down. Yep. Doubling down on its hate and its contra-narrative. 
comes this wrecking ball who but he didn't come as a wrecking ball. He spoke in kind of there was a kind of simplicity and, and naturalness to the way he spoke. Listen, you know I'm not a Trump lover. Right. But if the man has a redeeming quality, it is his disgust with the um sort of politically correct intellectual obligation to bow to certain gods of Western culture. And so I'm eternally grateful, and the Jewish people ought to be eternally grateful, that there was finally an American president who would just stand up and speak the truth on this. Yes, yes. But I, but I want to, I agree with you. The but here is not a but uh, in and. contradictions. And, and, and I think that the world that wants to have a world of truth, forget about Jerusalem, per se, just somebody who's going to stand up to this world of deception and lies. That's what I think people should be grateful for. Forget even our but People don't want issue. that. That's why they reacted the I way think, they did. Well, uh, you know... It, Governments don't want it. Well, the Czech government, and I'm proud of the Czechs. God bless them. God bless them. And you know what? I always like the Czechs. I like Czech literature. You know, Milan Kundera. Yeah, sure. And I like my pistol. I was going to say they make great guns. I like my pistol. I'm going to buy another Czech pistol after, you know, I'll I don't know. S- I'll send the ambassador a note. Th- this, one, yeah, this one, though, is not made uh, uh, in, in the Czech Republic. It's made in Czechoslovakia. That's an old gun. It sure is. It's, it, this is not a gun. This is a pistol. Sorry. It's a pistol. Meaning to say, look you at gotta, it. You look I wish they could have seen the dreamy look in your eyes when you said that. <laughs> I have, it was a little bit alarming you, to me. You know, it's funny you say that because because I always tell people that that on the one hand, uh, guns are disgusting things. This this thing that I'm holding it's in weapon my hand, murder. it's it's well, it's the word uh, uh, no. killing. Yeah, it's a killing machine. Killing it's a killing machine. machine. It's, a, it's a killing machine. I hear the moral distinction there. Yeah, it's a killing machine. Uh, 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 on the other hand, though, it is also a great defensive machine. Absolutely, it's a great equalizer. And the Jewish person in this land who has been attacked for so long, so many centuries can now defend themselves, and so important. People say to me, are you armed? I say to them, not only am I armed because we're here, let's say in Hebron or something, I'm armed philosophically. Like, I believe in <laughs> I was going to say, and dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I, be- I believe in the, ap- th- like, this thing is a great invention for the Jewish people, you know? And, and though at the same time, I say to people, but please do not misunderstand. Like, I use this gun, I even think there's a beauty to it, and a mechanics beauty to it, all that. But it is a disgusting thing, an abhorrent thing. Well, not only that, but it's foreign to us as a people. As much as I support the core switch of Jewish history of the last hundred years and our ability to defend ourselves, this is Clay Asaph. I mean, here we are sitting right. on the edge of the Hanukkah story. It's important to remember these are the tools of Asaph. But now, isn't but is not what God wants? The hands have to be the I'm, hands of Asaph. Now, for our ability to master those tools in order to make our way in a world which is still built by Asaph, and the United States, uh, with its president at the head, is still speaking. That voice, and that's why I think it was so revolutionary in the light of the Hanukkah story and our struggle with the Greek culture that the representative of Western culture stood up and said, actually, there's another way to do this. There's a, there's a truth behind this darkness. It was a beautiful moment, and, and uh, it was a beautiful moment, and it was a strange beauty to it because I saw that a lot of Jews, Israelis, watched it on the screens. They kind of watched it. They, they, was, they knew there was, was an important, important moment there. And there was another interesting coincidence. It was also on this Hasidic holiday, this Chabad holiday of Yud Kislev, the, the 19th of Kislev, which celebrates the liberation of the first Lubavitcher Rebbe from a prison in St. Petersburg, later Leningrad, again St. Petersburg's now. I have visited that very place. The prison? Yes, I was next to it. It was Shabbos when I walked around there with my mom. They wouldn't let you in. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't have money on me and all that kind of stuff. It's a museum. Oh, so you, get um, in, you don't get out? Yeah. Uh, there was that fear also. 
but basically, uh, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, Shneer Zalman from Liadi, he was the Alter Rebbe, the, Alter Rebbe, the, first, the, the, old, the old kind of Rebbe. He, and, and also an author of, of incredible works that I still find somewhat mystifying, the so Tanya. Just, let's just put a finger on the fact that he was the one who brought a f- the full intellectual genius of Judaism into articulating the mighty spirit of Hasidut. Yes. And that's why the works of Chabad are unique, really, in all the literature of Hasidut. Yeah, and, and they're heavy for that reason as well. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's a Big heavy... vessels a, and great light. Right. And so... Uh, the the Russian Tsarist government uh, took him into custody when they found out that he was sending money over to uh, the land of Israel, which was at the time under the Ottoman Turkish control. And for, and uh, Russia was at war with the Turks, and they thought to that he might have been colluding with the enemy, with the enemy, with the Turkish government. And after some, I think it's fifty three days, but I don't remember, maybe fifty six days uh, in prison and much interrogation. Uh, he came out of prison on the 19th. And, oh, he would prove to them also that he was not supporting the Turkish government, but he was indeed supporting Torah study in the land of Israel. His kind of um, uh, colleague, in some ways even a person who was greater than him, uh, Menachem Mendel from Vitebsk, uh, was his uh, rebbe and went to the land of Israel, and, and it was at the time very hard, uh, very hard to make a living here, and, and uh, uh, Shneer Zalman from Liadi was sending this money over there to support him, to support Torah study, and really to support the nascent Jewish presence in the land of Israel. And, uh, and he, was, he came out. Now, now for Hasidim, this, especially Chabad, this is called the Rosh Hashanah Lechassidut, the New Year for Hasidut, because a kind of trapped light, uh, imprisoned light, was set free. And last night here in Israel and all over the world, there was uh, these celebrations for bringing, uh, you know, a Jewish, uh, a Jewish, Jewish uh, party, you know, you know, the, for bringing. That's its own word. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's its own translation. Right. And and um, and and I thought I saw the I saw the similarity between these events because he was at the trap light of Jerusalem that was set free. And you're right, also Hanukkah, also a trap light that's yeah. set free. This is, I mean, this is the essence of the struggle. This is why the sages identified. That exile of Greece is they darkened the eyes of Israel. Yes. It's not just the eyes of Israel, it's the eyes of the world. And I, we don't need to get into pointing fingers at who backed Trump and who didn't. But it is important to keep an eye personally if you want to know who our allies are and who is against us. The, the reaction to something which on the surface of it should just be lauded as a statement of truth. Right. Even if you may you know, be concerned about some of the consequences. But, but people... The truth is the most precious quantity that the world has today. And someone who's willing to stand up and say such a big one deserves our support. In an age of information, uh, we've also come to an age of disinformation. Uh, it, it has come together to us. A great age of information, a great age of disinformation. But this is why you've so rightly identified the real battlefield of the world as narrative warfare. Yeah. The narrative war is where we're at today. Uh, and it was a great moment for narrative. It oh, was like I absolutely. was like it was great. And and I again I, I want to state again I really like the humility with which he put it. He said this is a truth of three thousand years. It's a bit it's it's a historical truth, and it's a truth in terms of the will of the American people. And it's an it's an, it's a self evident truth. Right. It's an obvious truth. And and oh oh and he added one more wrinkle. And he said it's been an unhelpful lie. Yeah. It's been unhelpful. And that to me is the most important piece he put on this. People think. Maybe in their, somewhere in their minds, they think they're doing the right thing by saying, of course, everybody knows Jerusalem's the capital. We can't say that yet because then we'll... But you look how our enemies here reacted like, like children, like spoiled children. If you even say that, we're going to burn the house down. 
It's like, oh, spoiled children? I call that bullying. I call that intellectual bullying, bullying. Like, Notice, by the way, what it, happened to the damn rage today? I was not impressed. Well, that's the thing. A lot of times, the day, when you when you you know, as we said before in the show, when you highlight everything, you highlight nothing. Yeah. If you day of rage every day, and then you call for a day of rage. I mean, I came in from all the today. There weren't even like extra police. I was a little bit. Yeah, I saw some extra a day police of disgruntledness. today. You know, I I actually believe in my heart of hearts that many Arabs, listen to what I'm saying, sighed a sigh of relief. Because this lie has injured their lives. Oh, in a very real way. Right. And 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 this inkling, and there was, by the way, a, a, a realization, if you let follow the, the tweets of the Palestinian Authority, which is not even called the Palestinian Authority, it's called the PLO on Twitter, the official right. account, they were, uh, which is the Palestine, Palestine Liberation, Liberation Organization, Organization for all of Palestine, all of Israel, there was a, there was a um, awareness that this was a defeat of the two-state solution in toto. There was statements like that. Being, they, they, they were like, okay, now we have to fight for rights within Israel. It was like there was a moment of like, okay, there was, there was something that happened yesterday. That, and I heard a collective sigh of relief from many Arabs who are damn tired of having to identify themselves with, with, with this corrupt Palestinian you know, uh, regime. Uh, and I heard a collective sigh of relief of people who said, in my ear I heard, People say, good, I want to get on with my life. I'm tired of this. I don't want to fight this war. And you know what? I, I, can, I can rationalize the Jewish presence in the land of Israel through the Quran. I could rationalize it for my good living. I can rationalize it. And you know what? It's a fact. It's a fact. And that fact, we're, we're, it's obvious that we're not going to un- undermine it. So let's get on with it. You know, it's, I'll tell you a funny story that happened today connected to the not- Embassy, of course, but consulate, where we happen to both have been today, right. oddly uh, enough. You and I we were both planned, at the consulate we today. Planned, we could have been live on location. You and I both went to the U.S. consulate in Jerusalem. Over in Arnona, right? Right. What did you go to do? We went to renew one of my children's passports. Right. I went to renew my passport. And and we were out of there by 10 o'clock, and your appointment was at 10.45. Which means we probably literally passed each other within 15 minutes. Amazing. Oh, well. We missed the shot on live on location. Yeah, yeah. But I just said to my wife as we walked in, I'm like, why are people saying it's going to take years to move the embassy? Just paint the sign. That's right. I actually had a quick moment where she stopped me where I was like can I have a marker and she's like no you may not <laughs> I didn't uh, I, I like I played it totally cool I didn't even ask whether I'm gonna get Jerusalem Israel on my passport I'm just like I'm just gonna keep just, quiet see if it happens I just kind of wanted to right. change the sign <laughs> <Right. laughs> anyway, that's the that's the bad boy side of me. But what was my story so I'm sitting there waiting uh you know that's because that's what you do you wait and you pay a lot of money um now people don't know what you look like you not always if they haven't seen the picture you have a beard you have I'm glasses. very Jewish. You've got a big, big keeper. I have a Jew radar. I don't know if I've told you this, but when I traveled the world, before I was religious, every Jew in a room right. just kind of goes to me naturally. Right. Um, so, Oh, my God. I, you're going to tell your story. I'm going to tell you a, a, a follow-up story to your okay. story. Go. So I'm sitting there, uh, um, in a, in a somewhat older- At the U.S. consulate. At the U.S. consulate, waiting, which I have to say was incredibly efficient, and they've improved massively over very the years. Very efficient and very, very a kind of- Pleasant, yep. yet sterile and secure atmosphere, which is what you want out of a consulate. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. Know. But um, I just want to understand when people get into it. There's a kind yeah. of formality there, yeah, for sure. You got to go and you hand in your cell phone. There's no cell phones. Nope. You're not taking no pictures. It's not a tourist attraction. It's very business. You're not moving around. Sit down, right. please. Wait your turn. Right. So uh, uh, an older Arab woman approached me with papers to apply for a social security for her son. Wait a minute. An Arab lady walked over to you. Right. What does she look like? She has a, a hijab, and she's probably in her, I don't know, it's hard to tell, in the 50s, 60s. She's an older um, Arab lady, probably yeah. doesn't speak Hebrew that well. or Right, no, her English was functional. We didn't try to converse in 
in in Hebrew. Um, and she asked for some help filling out. Stop. The, uh, I just want people to understand this. <laughs> U.S. consulate in Jerusalem, an Arab lady, full-on Arab lady, comes up to somebody like you, a Jewy-looking Jew. Is that a Jewy-looking Jew? Huh? I mean, I don't know if she's so nuanced in her in her she, views of. Oh, the, she's nuanced. Her, her views of Jews, but people pick me out of the crowd. They're like, he's the settler. Right. The other guy's the Haredi right. guy. Right. So you know? she she walked right up to you and she's like, "Please help me." Yeah, she's like, "Can you help me?" I'm like, "Sure." No problem. Right. Oh, filling out a form for her son's social security. She might have been the aunt. Um, a, and, and so we sat, and she has all these forms to give me the details of who it is. First of all, she shows me the first one. She says, when I asked how to spell her son's name, I said, I'm sorry, I can't read that. It was all in, in, in Arabic. She was like, oh, right. So she started to, to help me spell things out with her son. It's the first time I'd ever seen documents from the state of Palestine. And that was kind of what the story is. She's... Filling out the number and the date, and it says, "What's your home address?" I said, "What city do you live in, Ramallah?" And the next question is, "What, what state? state?" And I had this moment. I know what state she lives in, right? But but there was part of me that had a little hard feeling around that, and I asked her, "They they call that Palestine, yeah?" And she just smiled and said, "Yeah," like as if what else would they call it, right? Um, and on one hand, it was important for me to see that that. The interpersonal is an absolute value. When someone asked me for help, I said yes. In my mind, that creates a moral obligation to be a mensch and do what they're asking me to, provided that it's, you know, um, morally not dangerous or yeah. yeah. Well, but that's the thing. So, so morally, is is this is where it becomes the gray zone? Like, I don't think it's a good thing that there's another entity in our land that calls itself a state of Palestine. Sure. Right. And and, and yet, are this, you now? Are you going to put it in those little boxes? Are you going to put the word? I'm Palestine? going to write the word Palestine. And and the reason I did is because this human being just wants to get the social. So you did do it. I did. Right. I did twice. Right. Um, the, but there's a there's a because like for example, Iranians will the Iranian regime asked one of their wrestlers to throw right. a match so that he would not face Israel. I, like total diligentization, and, like and totally no. You know that I didn't really think about that connection, but I think that's a lot of what it was. Is that I pride myself on the fact that that um, I love human beings, I love Jews, and I'll, I'll I will admit that by and large, if you ask me in the abstract, I love Jews more than I love other human beings. Just like if you ask me in the abstract, I love my family more than I love other Jews. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And on the contrary, I think that's the way that people, other than the absolutely righteous, function in their world. But that's in the abstract. When I'm face-to-face with someone, then, then I need to be able to see God in their face, whoever they are. Right? And, and even if it's a person that has gone so evil that, God forbid, I would have to take their life, I, I would see God leaving there. Right? Like, I don't think you can be a Jew in the world and not see God in the face of other. Now, that doesn't mean that a pro- other creates an absolute obligation on you. You have to do whatever they're right. telling you. You don't have to agree with them. It's a truth is also the mark of God. But it was, it was a powerful moment for me to realize also in terms of what you're saying. Uh, like, truth of the matter is, what do I care what you want to call it? What I care is what we make it. Right. You know, and, and I'm willing to bet if this woman could live the rest of her life calling it Palestine. And if we actually asserted our sovereignty and gave a better life and opportunities for people to live where they want to live, be it within the area between the Jordan Mediterranean or somewhere else in the Middle East, or frankly, she was getting an American social security number. So in Brooklyn, you know, but that, but that we were able with confidence to assert that our narrative of the truth is here is our capital. Welcome to it. Here's our land. Welcome to it. I think there's another level, which is also that like it or not like it, our state, the state of Israel helped create a Palestine. And that is a legal truth. And, and therefore, reality. I may hate not it. Not just right. the legal truth. There's a lived reality. Right. And she lives in, in Palestine. Palestine. Right. And, the, and I may Israel. not want to write that, but 
That's the reality. Yeah, and then I think that's the the difference between me and the nutty Iranians. Right. Is that I've always been taught in Torah that the way you change the world is by looking reality in the face and moving forward, not by closing your eyes and pretending that what you don't like doesn't exist. Okay, so now here's my contra story to your story. All right, okay? contra. It's not it's not a contra story, but but it's a, it's related. Uh, first thing, by the way, the best part of your story is that is that is that uh, is that she went right up to you, you know, and, and that that in itself is like. You know that that the complexity of of what people don't understand is that we don't we don't hate each other on some kind of visceral level around here. People don't understand that. Uh, by the way, I find that here in the Middle East, using the English language with Arabs has an effect of causing them to react more regally and more less viscerally, less like it, it puts you in a neutral mental yeah, exactly. zone. It puts the power in the middle in, right. as far as language goes. Right, but it, but it changes. And I always like to say, sir, good morning, sir. Yeah. Thank you very much. And yeah. when I talk like that, it somehow bats down that, that, that antagonism that we may have to one another. It's just an interesting thing. that It's a tactic that I use sometimes. An important one. Yeah. Um, I find that sometimes it's not necessary to wave the red uh, you know the, the flag in front of the bull. Right. Sometimes yeah. I, you know, and I have I have that in my arsenal. I have that in my arsenal where well, I know how to how to, and they know who I am. But sometimes I will not wave it. I might put on a hat even in Chevron to speak with my Arab colleagues, not because, and they know I tell them full on. They know that I'm an armed settler. Right. But they also understand that I can, that I give them the respect of not necessarily waving that right in front of well, them. Well, my father always taught me a gentleman a gentleman never insults someone by accident. Right. I mean, if you're going to do something to incite mm. someone, you better. Do it deliberately, and you better be sure you know why you're doing it and right. what you expect the result to be. But just to be a bore and say insulting and hurtful things, or just be crude, you know, like that's not a gentleman, right? And just knowing other people's sensitivities, yeah. and, and knowing if you want to activate that sensitivity or not, you may want to do it. That's the thing, right? By accident, right? By exactly. So, so, so here's 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 a, here's the exact opposite of that. Uh-huh. I was at a TV studio yesterday, a very fancy TV studio with tons of people working there. Like a hundred people buzzing around on their computers and beautiful. You love that kind of stuff. Yeah, and beautiful studio and like like a young energy and the whole thing is buzzing, 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 and like there's three studios and pods and the robotic cameras going off and the whole thing is just and people editing and people this and that and news people and three languages. I'm watching your eyes yeah, spin right now. It's like it's like a, it's like an energy. There's an energy. There's nothing like live TV. Live, you know, it's energetic. Fine. So so I I do my thing. And I'm standing there, I think, waiting for them. My next thing, or I wasn't sure exactly where I'm going, I'm literally standing in the middle of this very busy beehive. I'm standing there without a hat. I'm wearing my kippah. I am with my beard. Where are you in Tel Aviv? I, 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 Go yeah. say. I, let's just, I don't want to say which, which, okay, uh, which say channel it. I was on, but I was yeah. on. And, uh, but let's put it this way. It's certainly the Tel Aviv milieu. Uh-huh. Certainly. Culturally. Cer- certainly. And, and I'm standing there, and a young girl comes up to me, and she goes, Are you shy? I'm like, yes, I am. She goes, I work here, blah, 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 blah. She goes, I'm a right winger. I'm a nationalist. I'm like, great. She's like, around here, everybody is to the other side. They're always bringing anti-Israel speakers, blah, blah, blah. And I'm always trying to help balance this place out. I'm a nationalist. I'm like, great. She's like, I want to come to Hebron. It's not, I love the work you do. I'm like, great, no problem. And I'm standing there for a few more minutes. Another girl comes up to me. And she goes, hi, are you shy? I'm like, yeah. She's like, listen, I'm a nationalist. <laughs> you said, did you meet the other girl? I go, I go, do you know the other girl? I point to her. She's like, I know her. Wait, she is too? I'm like, do you know that she's a... She goes, no. Really? I'm like, I'm like, hold on, hold on. I'm like, I bring the other girl. I go, go, come here, come here, this other girl. Let's call her Tammy. Tammy, come over here. Do you know, do you know uh, Bridget? I'm just making up these names. And she's like, yeah. 
I'm like, do you guys know that you're both nationals? She goes, no. <laughs> they embrace. They hold hands. No, come on. They're like, they're like, they're like. You're making that up. I'm, I'm telling you the story. The way I've told you is the way it is. And the funny thing is, I've realized there's a new converso. There's a new Murano. Like, there's listen, a new. There's the a new converso. You you joke about that. No, you I'm not listen, joking. Listen to my Spinoza episode that I just put out. There's I a, shall. There, there, there's a notion of. Of a converso that goes way beyond simply what the Spanish did to the Jews is a person who has to keep their real identity underground. Right. So in a milieu of like post-Zionism or to the to the to the end between post-Zionism and anti-Zionism, right? There are these people who are nationalists. Let's p- call them, you know, what, what, right? Under, today at Berkeley, if you want to do a Jewish event at Berkeley, yeah. they do Jewish events now, but they don't publicize it. Yeah. It's like an underground thing. And you know what? It's like I said, I'm going to sni- because I was about to do an event at Berkeley, got canceled, but whatever. N- not because of any anti, they just didn't have time. I was like, I'll sneak in some tefillin and sidurim in my like pockets or something like right. that. You we know? used to do that in Russia. Right. It's like that. There's like a new underground thing, like oh, just yeah. nationalist. And it was so funny. And they like... And, and they tweeted, uh, they, they, they WhatsApp me later. They're like, we're going to come on tour in Hebron together. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, you know, and it was like, it was like, it was like, it was like in a certain world. And I was just standing there being a magnet. Just, all I was doing was being a proud Jew. All I was doing was just standing there. Well, people, people should appreciate the fact that you radiate your truth. Right. Okay. But but here I was just I was just standing there and it's like a magnetized. It wasn't to me. It was to the, this way of thinking. You yeah. know, it was it was really like a funny moment that happened in Tel Aviv. You know. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let, let's you we're know what about the parsha? we're going to talk about the parsha and we're going to talk about people who radiate their realness for sure. Oh yeah. Okay. That's going to be this this week's parsha and Hanukkah as well. Before I go to that, I want to say that 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 so far we've been talking about broadcasting the truth, and I think that that you and I. And the station is trying very hard to do that. And I'm gonna. I, I want to make a pitch to all of our friends, friends, listen, uh, listeners to the show. It's it's about to be the uh, secular secular new year, and that means it's a new tax year. And therefore, this is your opportunity to give a little bit, uh, and even give a lot. It's time to give a little bit. Uh, uh, our shows and our efforts need your help. Uh, and I'll first, you know, make a plug for our our parent network which is the Land of Israel Network. Uh, if you go to the land of, thelandofisrael.com, you'll find a donate option there. And I want you to give. I want you to give to the truth in broadcasting, to truth in broadcasting uh, from, from, from Israel, from Judea, from Jerusalem. You know, let, let freedom ring. Uh, and, uh, and, and I want you to give. I want you to give right now. You know, and I want you to give, you know, you could give small money. I want you to give big money. Like pull it out of your pocket and say, I believe in this. You know, so I want to see, you know, hundreds of dollars, a thousand dollars, like, 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 let it out, let, give, like, don't be, don't be shy about it. This is a time to give and you see that what battle that, you know, we're battling and you know what value we're bringing to you. Uh, Rabbi Mike, you have uh, your agenda I, right now. Of I got a campaign going right now for 36 new supporters. I got six already. It's great. Thank you so much out there. Um, I don't want to embarrass anyone on sure. the air, but, but you can just go to robmike.com. And even though it's not a huge button, you'll see in the upper right there a button that says donate. It's probably the easiest way to do it. Or you can send me an email at robmikefoyer at gmail.com and I will help you along the and way. And Rob Mike at the Land of Israel. And Rob Mike at the Land of Israel. Right. That is Dot true. Com. That's com. right. Uh, very good. And, and it's very important. You have a great, uh, uh, you know, your other show here on the network, which is called The Jewish Story, which is fabulous. I'm a listener. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it brings value. It brings value. And I really appreciate the value that you put into that show and the value that we get out of it. So thank you very much. Uh, this show, the Ishai Fleischer show, 
Uh, same thing in the sense that I also need your help and need your support. Uh, and not just for, for the radio show, but for other projects. One little project that I've taken upon myself also is to help drive some money to, of course, to Hebron. That's where I work. And that's the Hebron Fund, the hebronfund.org. But I just want to give an example. One of the things that I'm doing is that because I work in Hebron and live in Judea, I've personally started feeling that I need to help the tomb of Joseph. Yeah. Right? Because I'm on the other side. So I've been giving some of the money that goes into my 501, which is Kuma, right? Which is, you'll find it at yishaifleisha.com. I've been funneling some money, well, totally above board, of course, uh, to the funds uh, of the folks that take care of the tomb of Joseph. You know, that's just an example of just one little thing. I, I maintain a, a flag on top of the Mount of Olives uh, that cost me hundreds of dollars uh, every few months. Of course, this radio show. So we have a lot of projects and other projects of teaching, of broadcasting, of, of, of beautification. And I, so I want you to help us. You know, I want you to help us. And, and uh, certainly there are dedication opportunities. You know, write a name, sponsor a show, you know, help out and, and use this opportunity of Hanukkah, of, dedicated to Jerusalem, dedicated to, to, to the truth, to the truth, to courage, dedicated to Donald Trump, dedicated yeah. to, 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 to Mike Pence, dedicated to, to whoever you want. This is a great opportunity to, to give and right at the end of the year here. So I want you to dig down and, and I want you to do two things. I want you to be not lazy because if you have the thought right now of, of giving and saying, you know, I should give, do it. And also dig a little bit deeper, a little bit past your comfort zone, just just a tad deeper, you know, and give because because you know for your when you go past your comfort zone, we can be in our comfort zone and do what we need to do, and it really makes a difference. That's the pitch, and and yes, I made a pitch. You know, I'm asking you, I'm asking you direct. If you have any questions, of course, write me an email, yishai at thelandofisrael.com. Don't forget our Parrot Network, the Land of Israel Network, which is doing such great things. Okay, Rabbi Mike, we have, uh, we have about 27 minutes where we can knock out a bit of this incredible Torah we portion. It. We can do it. Let's, I'm not let, afraid. Let's rock through it. Uh, this is the story of... Um, we're, we're now going to be parlaying... First thing, by the way, we're exiting from the more comfortable part of the book of Genesis to the more uncomfortable part of the book of Genesis For from sure. here on end, right? From here on end. Although I have to say the whole steal of the blessing thing was not so comfortable. But okay, but I can it's, live with it's it. All, it's all downhill from here in right, comfort. Uh, right. This, this is going to be uh, the uncomfortable part of the book of Genesis, the book of Bereshit. This is the sale of the brothers and the, the, the sale of Joseph by the brothers. That's going to take us all the way to the very end. Yep. It's going to take us to the, to, to the very end. The whole thing is now changing tax. When I say changing tax, think of it like on a ship. Like the, the wind is going to change. Hardly. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Coming and, about. Yeah, coming about. Right. I, I used to watch those Whitbread. And, and I used those, to love the sale. The, the, yeah, I used to watch those shows, cause, uh, the, the, those races, because I'm like, this is a sport. Okay. I grew up sailing. It was, it was wonderful. Small boats, but wow. just love it. I, n- I never did that stuff. All right. Um, in any case... Uh, we're talking about Yaakov. He's he's in the land of Canaan, and 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 he wants to kind of sit. Finally, what did we talk about last week? We late Lavan to Asav's meeting to to the the rape and capture of Dina to the destruction of the people of Shechem. Okay, you know, give me a break now. Yaakov says, give me a chance to to have a little bit more rest to in this settle. world. To settle down, and here I am in the land of Israel, this beloved homeland. Like here I am with you, God, and uh, the whole Joseph story comes around. Joseph is born, and he is favored by his father, uh, and he gives them. And this is this is uh, the be- the beginnings of the harshness of this Torah portion becomes right there. Yeah, there's a favoritism that's happening, and not only is 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 Jacob going to favor him, but in some ways I must say God is going to favor him by sending these dreams. Right, he's the master of dreams. Um, and these dreams are going to come. It says Israel, 
loved Joseph from all of the other brothers because he was a son of his uh, his elder his old age his old age. And and Jacob is going to dream dreams. Now now a new thing is going to come on. These are going to be now a new theme is going to come into the Torah, which is dreams that need to be interpreted. We mm-hmm. didn't have that beforehand. We had clear dreams. God came to him at night and said X Y Z. Right here is going to be metaphorical, maybe a shift uh, in in a, in a way that God communicates with mankind. It's very possible, and it becomes a uh, a biblical theme from Joseph through Daniel. This notion that that. Um, Wisdom comes in having the sensitivity that the dream world can carry truth and the and the insight to actually understand it. Right. And by the way, I very much recommend the uh, Chabad kind of rust-colored chumash that they have, five parts. I don't remember the name of it, but it's fabulous, and it's got a lot of questions and answers about the issues that are, that are, that are going to be faced here. In any case, the first dream is that uh, Joseph is going to tell his brothers, you know, we're gathering up um, sheaths, and we're going to be binding them, and then my bound sheath, my 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 sheath, sheath my my um, sheath bundle is, is wheat. What, right, sheath, sheath is, is the, what you put the sword, the sword in. in Hebrew, nadan. Right, uh, is my bundle is going to uh, stand up? It's going to speak, right? They didn't say speak. Everybody else just bows to it. Right, <laughs> right, right. Sorry, yeah. Um, Right. That would be crazy. Speaking bundles, bowing bundles. Right, is it's going to kind of come, uh, you know, envision it kind of coming to the middle, and all the other bundles. Your bundles of the brothers, the eleven other bundles, right, is going to bow down to my bundle. Doesn't sound so good for the other bundles, <laughs> right? And also, like, you have to think to yourself. The first thought is like, Joseph, why, why are you kind of telling that? Yes, you, that's always you, my first. Uh, Maybe this is something you keep to yourself. Right, but like, I don't at know. At the same time, no, it's not actually just a joke. It's a very important that the characterization of Joseph in this context the stage of his life is he's a na'ar he is childish and he has tremendous qualities tremendous potential obviously god is gracing him with visions of the the position that he will hold in the future but he's still a na'ar he's right. unable to hold it and and he doesn't really see his brothers and feel the pain that he's causing them when he tells them these things he doesn't see that, that his behavior and his father's behavior is causing deep antagonism yes. and a deep sense of frustration. He even says that he carries the bad things that his brothers say back to his father. Why? We can just, the same thing a kid would say, but they were saying bad things. Right. They shouldn't be saying those right. things, which is true at the same time. You're not being a very good brother. Right. And you're not being sensitive to the fact that, it, that antagonism is boiling up, which oh, yeah. is going to boil right over. And The next thing is, is yet another dream on the same theme, and it says... Uh, that he had another dream, and, and he says, uh, look. Eleven stars, the sun and moon. Right, so so, 11 stars and the sun and moon are, 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 are down bowing to down to me. Yep. Whoa. That's not even subtle. Right, that's not even subtle, and it's also, but notice, by the way, that they are stars, right? Yeah. G- you're, you are stars. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, are great, you are great forces. You are the sun and the moon. Listen, this also goes to another heart of the problem, the part of the brothers, is that why didn't they receive Yosef's visions as saying, well, God is speaking to him. He's going to be something. Amazing. Right. Our family has in it right. this, this child graced by God. And we remember that David's brothers did not like him either. He was also the younger brother who was out with the sheep, right? While the rest of them thought that they were going to be somebody. And when he came down to the battle, they said, oh, you're just one of those kids who always wants to know what's going on. So Father Jacob kind of yells at him publicly, and yet he keeps the issue. He remembers the issue. Something is going on here. Something is going on here. 
And the next part of that uh, story is that uh, the brothers are out shepherding, maybe in Shechem, in Shechem. It's where they start. It's where they start, and then they're going to end up in the Valley of Dotan. And and as uh, Jacob, but in the name of Israel in this point, is going to be switching back and forth. Israel says to, to Joseph, are your brothers not uh, shepherding in Shechem? Go there. And his son, and, and Yosef says, Hineni. Hineni is another way of saying, yes, sir, I'm ready for the mission. I'm I mean, going on a mission. It is true, but I think it's important to actually give it its literal translation, which is, here I am. Because Hineni is, is the ultimate biblical answer. It's what Avram says when God calls to him. It's what Yosef says when his father calls to him. And it's the opposite of what Adam did when God called him in the garden. What did Adam do when God called him in the garden after he, he said? Hides. He hid. Right. Right? He hid. And here, the real answer, Hineni, is I know where I am. It's that, and that's why I'm ready to do what you want me to do. And he's going to be sent from the, from the valley of Hebron. Our rabbis interpret that to mean the, the deep, uh, the deep uh, suggestion, deep advice right. of those who are buried in Hebron. And he's going to go out to what I consider, by the way, one of the sister cities of Hebron, which is Shechem. The reason it's a sister city is because that's where Joseph is buried. And that's also where the Torah is going to be given in the time of Joshua. It's kind of a second time. In any case, he goes out to Shechem. Uh, he doesn't find him there. He finds a man in the field. Uh, just, just happened to be waiting for him there. Just happened to, and happened Who to knows know exactly. where his brothers are. You know what I heard? I heard your brothers went down to Dotan. What they are went you, that away. They went that away. By the way, what are you looking for, Joseph? I'm looking for my brothers. Even though I've said bad things about them, even though I've been a bit childish, I'm looking for my brothers. Right? I'm searching for my brothers. They went that away. And, and he goes that away. Um, and then, uh, and then the brothers see him from afar coming towards them and they say, here comes Mr. Dreamer man, yeah. right? Mr. Dreamer man is coming. Let us kill him. Oh my God. One of the hardest verses in the whole Torah. Vata lechu. Let them go and kill him. Not, uh, we can't even say we should kill him. Yeah. They're speaking about themselves in third person. Right. In third person. We should kill him and throw him into one of the wells and we'll make a narrative that, a, that an animal ate. Hey, Joseph. And we'll see what comes of his dreams. Yeah. Right? And, and, that, and that, to me, is there's, there's two levels in which this has to be embraced. One is the awful truth of brothers that would even think that about a brother, no matter what he's done. And it, and it, and it behooves us as Jews to be very wary that that, um, that phrase that, you know, that right? I'm, I'm looking for my brothers should be a posture we have toward each other because otherwise there, there is a, a, a real murderous danger in family disputes. Right. So that's one. The other one is they, they thought they could thwart God. Right? This was the plan. Right? These dreams, there'll be nothing. Right? right. And, and they didn't appreciate the depth of what was coming through because he was not ready to be the vessel for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Yosef's process. Ultimately, we call him Yosef at Tzaddik. He's the Yosef of the righteous, but not right now. Right, right. now, he's still in Nar. Right. He's got to go through everything that's about to happen in order to make him a Tzaddik. Right. Which is one of the ways but we then understand he's gonna, it. But then one of the great things about Joseph is when the time comes and he's called, he's going to be totally ready. We'll get there. We'll get we'll there. We'll get there. Um, anyway, the, the, I'm, I'm going quickly through this. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, time is limited today, but in any case, they're going to throw him into one of these pits. Uh, Reuven tries to save him. He goes out a little bit. He comes back. By the time he comes back, they've already pulled him out of this pit. Um, and they, um, by the way, they, they're going to grab him and they're going to strip, strip his clothing. him. Strip him from his clothing. You can be stripped of your status as beloved brother, beloved son. 
uh, as, as wise, as important, as the dreamer. You're going to be stripped of your clothing. We're going to see that a second time soon, uh, that Joseph is going to be stripped of his clothing. In general, clothing is a theme of this Parsha. Right. And it's important to remember that our clothing is not just what keeps us warm. It's how we project our inner self of sense of who we are outward towards others. And if it's, if it's honest and real, it's one thing. It brings us honor. But if it's a false front, well, you see what evil can come of it. And I've, I've come to believe that clothing is more important than I knew when I was younger. Yeah. I think it's very important to dress. You're always very well dressed. Well, I've become that. I respect that. I've become that. that. I've become that. Because I'm not I've, so careful about it. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen that it, that it has an effect on this world, and I've learned from my Haredi brothers and sisters. Yes, they're who very... I, who I, I respect for their... For the, and I see it, how... It should be emphasized for the simple fact that they're taught from a young age that they are children of the king. Yes. And that children of the king don't walk around in scrubby clothes. Right. And when young people, children, wear proper clothing... And I'm also pretty mockbit, and not even, uh, and not what's the word mockbit in English? Uh, I'm careful, careful. Or, yeah. And and I want my children on Shabbat to make sure that they look like Shabbat. Yes. I respect people who wear suits on Shabbat, even in Israel, whatever it is. You wear a vest, I wear a vest on Shabbat. Something white shirt, vest. That was a big change for me when I started to learn the laws of Shabbat. Yes. Take it more seriously. Yes, it's important to 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 mark it with clothing. And I don't think it's so, you know, to the, the looseness of it is, I'm not in favor of that. I think that, that, yes, like make, you know, and I told my wife, like, no checkered shirts for the kids, white shirts, make them, they have to know it's Shabbos. Shabbos is a white shirt, Shabbos, you have to look different, okay? Um, in any case, uh, uh, Yosef is stripped, he's going to, and then suddenly Judah is going to have a cameo. Judah's going to have two cameos, here's one cameo here, his cameos. Oh, Whoa. Judah. Yeah, Judah. Judah, the 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 repentant. He, in this point, he's going to make, uh, you know, he's going he's the, he's supposed to be the great leader of the brothers. At this point, he shirks his responsibility. But he says, "Guys, we can't murder Joseph. That's not right. Uh, we we can't kill him. Uh, let us sell him. At least we'll make some money off it." He doesn't <laughs> say that, but well, he says, better. "But he does say, but he does say, our hands should not be on our brother's death because he is yet." Our flesh, and his brother's hurt. Right. We cannot murder. Which he gets condemned for later because it shows his brothers listened to him. Right. He probably should have gone. But Yehuda is, is a parallel process to Yosef in this entire series of stories is that he is not yet the leader that he will be just as Yosef is not yet the righteous person that he will be. And Yosef is going to be sold to... Uh to Egypt? To the Midianites, to the Ishmaelites. The right, the Midianites, Midianites and Ishmaelites. And, Ishmaelites. and one of the stories that I love about this in the Midrash that says that at the end he was sold on, on a spice, on the spice route. Right. Uh, through two spice merchants. Meaning to say, yeah, you got to stink, you got you got a raw deal. If you slavery, at least you're, you're tied hand and foot on top of a bag of good smelling stuff. Right, like, like okay, it's like... Could be, know, it could be worse. Could be worse, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like America. Tov, you're in Gullis, but it, all right, at least it's America, least, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be worse. And that's, that, by the way, it's an important little point, though, which is sometimes we suffer things. Sometimes, sometimes things break. Sometimes things fall. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we, we, you know, one of my rabbi friends, uh, Rabbi Shimshon, hurt his leg very badly recently. And to also find the, where's the spice, the spicy smell and the good spell well, smell. Yeah, the that. beauty of this detail is who could have preserved this detail and written it down in the Torah, aside from God, other than Yosef. Meaning in the moment as he's being... Mm sold into slavery. His brothers have jumped him and beat him up and thrown him in a pit. He sees Chazdeshem. He sees the sort of that kindness of God seeping through and saying literally like, well, at least I'm laying on a sack of spices. I love what you're saying. I love that. I love that. He is the one who... Well, that's who, the who, sign that he's already becoming the righteous that he will right. be. Very good. 
He's perpetuated that that knowledge that he was carried on the spice rack. There yeah. was a good, great, 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 uh, great point there. Um, and and they're going to bring this beautiful piece of clothing that his father made for him back to their dad, bloodied. And they're going to be like, "What do you think?" Up, oh, he says, "Looks like a bad animal ate ate my son, ate my son." And yet, at the same time, while he says that, he will refuse to be comforted. Comforted. I'm going to tell a completely ridiculous story. But, but, it, but it happened yesterday, and this is how you bring Torah into your life. Yesterday, I was at the table at my house. Wife served this delicious dinner. God bless you, Malka. Thank you so much. Kids were happy, but there was no ketchup. And it was, it was like, it was schnitzel, you know? And, oh, and schnitzel, schnitzel and rice. Night without ketchup. Is and so I said to my wife, I go, Malka, is there ketchup? She goes, no. No ketchup. We ran out. I said to her again, is there any ketchup, though? She goes, no. We ran out. And like a few minutes later, I'm like, is there any ketchup, though? And she's like, she looked at me like I'm nuts, right? Like, where's the ketchup? And then later she found the ketchup. There was another purchased oh, ketchup. And in your heart, I said you to her, could not accept it. I said to her, Maka, this is what happened with Yaakov and Yosef. You see, this is what happened. He knew that he was still alive. <laughs> he knew that he was alive, but I couldn't and when accept. people told him to get over it, he said, no, I no, can't. I can't. I'm going to go down to, you know, to, to down the netherworld. Right. I'm going to go down to Hades. The half deal, half right? Deal. Uh, uh, you know, with uh, w- just with grayness, and I'm I'm never going to be happy again because I know that he's alive somewhere. I, I'm not going to be comforted. I told my wife, I see, I knew there was ketchup in the house. In my heart, I knew it. Anyway, that's. I thought you were going to tell a version of the Hanukkah <laughs> story where she pulled out one packet and it fed the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going with that. <laughs> the ketchup that fed them all. Anyway, you know, you could you could laugh at that story, but for me it was like you see you took a piece of, you took a piece of Torah and you're like you brought no, it into it's life. It's real, it's real. And you know you know what else is I always I always tell people, you have to bring the joy of Torah. Laugh with Torah, love Torah, oh, show yeah. show the kids that it's beautiful. That's my shot on if I have to if I die today, God forbid, please remember this is my shot, okay? I know you're gonna say, not. Ah, I say, right. show them the smile yeah. that comes from That's teaching Torah. That's my shot of that. True. Okay, anyway, um, uh, anyway, uh, so 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 he goes down to, to Egypt. He becomes a slave to to Potiphar's house. Two more quick stories that we have to get through here. Uh, one is that there's going to be an aside. There's going to be a subplot, a right. second plot. It's a camera shift. Camera shift goes to a different place. This is literally my favorite story in the Torah. Okay, interesting. Th- this is the one. It's like it's like it's it's totally one You're of my messianic guy. I love this this story like its depth and it's what what's behind it is just one of my favorites. But we're not going to be able to get reach uh, uh, all the depths that that we could or wish we could uh, reach into it. But basically, this is about Judah. Judah befriends a Gentile. Judah uh, 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 marries his daughter. Uh, no, not his daughter. Uh, he marries uh, a, another girl. Right, but you know his friend brings him to to to, to that. In any case, he has three children: Er, uh, uh, um, Onan, Er, Onan, and and uh, and Shela. Right. So then, so then, what's going to happen is Er uh, is going to marry some girl named Tamar. Well, this Tamar, she is actually in reality the 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 daughter of Shem. Okay, the Medrash will tell us that she is actually the daughter of the great high priest of of Jerusalem, Malkitzedek. That's the same person. But we don't know that. In any case, he marries this incredible person, and somehow he is going to get killed by God. God is going to kill him. Why? Because he refuses to procreate. He will want to have relations with with his presumably beautiful wife, but will not want to impregnate her lest he somehow spoils her beauty or takes responsibility for children. And in one way or another, he is going to... Do a self-serving act. Self-serving act. 
our rabbis read that is the kind of the archetype of masturbation, of spilling of seed that is that is uh, that is not procreative. And and I really I want to emphasize what I meant by self-serving act is that that there's a reason that God made intimacy pleasurable, right? It's not a bad thing in any way. But if it, if what one does in life is the pursuit of one's own pleasure as an end unto itself, that brings death. Right, and that that is the that is the opposite of life. It is the opposite. It is of life. it is it is serving of the now. It is serving of, and it makes sexuality into the end game. Yes. Instead of what it is, which is procreation, which is which harkens the b- to the past and and takes you to the future. It's, it's a way of, of perpetuating. It's procreation, but it's but it's procreation via the the, the bridge of intimacy. It's very important that, that that real intimacy bears fruit in the world. Right. And so uh, uh, Onan does the same, and he too is going Mary's, to be right, his his brother's widow. Right. And but by the way, there's a we can't we can't go into it now. But the very famous verse is that it says, er ra Hashem Hashem." So er was Ra in the eyes of God for what he did. Er and Ra are inverse inverse relations, right? right? This is there's only one other per- pasuk in the whole Torah that has a relationship to that. It says the Noach Noach found grace in the eyes of God. And here we can't go into it now. We that can't takes, go into it now. It takes some reflection. Right. It's and, and, and these two verses are really about also whole messianic uh, discussion. We'll see in a second why. Uh, and then uh, there's one son left, Shelah, but he's not given to to Tamar as in leveret marriage to take the place of the two brothers because she's like a you know she's like a there's a term for Black that widow. Black widow. <laughs> Black widow. Great name for the show. I always I never name the show when I say I'm going to name the show. Right. So, so you anyway, always forget by the end. Yeah, I always forget. Okay, Black widow. That's a good one. Uh, you know, I'm gonna. I want to call it. Jerusalem capital, Black Widow, and Me Too. We'll see. We'll see we in a second. We gotta get to that story, yeah. Right, and so and so uh, Tamar is not given Shelah, and she is left in her father's house. This 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 woman who was a bride to two of Judah's children. She's supposed to get the third child to to third boy to marry, but it never happens. And then Tamar Tamar takes things into her own hands. Her, Yehuda's wife passes away, and he is consoled after her death, and he goes on to shear his sheep. And Tamar finds out about that. She makes a kind of um, disguise. Disguise, but what's the word I'm looking for? Ma'arav. What's that word? A, a, a ambush. An ambush. She's going to make a love ambush. Okay, a well, lumbush. Yeah, but but I think you have to emphasize it's not just a love ambush. Tamar has a deep seated sense that in order to move the spiritual history of the human human creation forward that she has to have a union with Yehuda and she thought it was going to be through his children and she sees now that it's not and she is completely unafraid to throw off every convention that the world may have thought be normal to disguise herself and this is another story as, as a harlot a, har- a roadside harlot a roadside harlot the right? lowest of peoples really yes a, in, in faceless literally faceless right. right I mean that's the whole thing she just covers her face and that's how he knows that she's a harlot there um, and Yet, we can't go too much into it, but notice the power of clothing that plays near. She takes off her clothing of mourning, covers herself, dresses as what she is not in order to enter into the truth of the relationship which she was meant to have and ultimately succeeds right. in Yuda turning aside and going in and saying, I would like to be with you. And she says, well, what do you give me for that? And he says, I'll give you a flock of sheep. 
Well, not a flock. Uh, not a flock. One, a, a, one sheep. A, no, not one sheep. One sheep. No, not one, one sheep. sheep. Yeah, we want you to it's not one yeah. sheep. It's um, okay. Whatever. We'll we'll we'll. we'll right. Gdizim. No, gdizim is one one. Yeah, one sheep. That's a lot of money. I want to get into it right in now. Today's, in today's money, by the way, uh, yeah. uh, a, a goat is 1,800 shekel. Yeah. And then you got to get somebody to slaughter it. Slaughter it, right. So 1,800 shekel, that's what in dollars. That, that's um, know, Anyway, the point is... is there, or something Right. Like that. But that's what we're talking about to pay okay, for... Okay, so anyway, my point is... Okay, but understand what's going on here. Now, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you, did you hear people just now be like, what did Rabbi Mike and Rabbi Yishai say? Did they say that Judah turned aside in order to be with a presumed harlot and pay her money? Did you just say that? Yes. Yes. Who was actually his daughter-in-law in disguise. Right. In case <laughs> in case you missed the depth of the, you the know, point. I was, I, parenthetical story. I was giving a talk to some Gentile Bible-loving Christian folks, and I told them that one of the great problems in America today is that the young generation does not know the Bible. So they asked me, well, what advice do you have to make young people? I said, tell them the, tell them the hot stories, tell them the rough stories. Don't tell them the nicey yeah, nice don't stories. Don't self-pedal it. Don't self-pedal it. Give them the hard ones. Give them the moral questions. Throw in the violence and the sex and the, all the things, and let them learn it from the Bible and not from TV. By the way, that's what the great religious teachers of our generation have said. You you want to you want to expose your children in the right way to questions of sexuality and more. Just learn the Bible. Right, the Bible. By the way, hey God, you just stuck this in the book of Genesis. Right. That's the book that the kids read. Right. Yeah, that's th- that's where they got to learn the stuff from, and let them let them struggle and let them see the depth and the beauty, and don't make it as though our heroes are these you know perfect you know, sort of sterile right you know, good guys yeah. Sadiqim. Okay, anyway, so so uh, um, read the book, people. Right, read the book and and read the hard parts. Don't skip don't skip over those. Those are the best ones. Those are the juiciest ones. So, any case. Um, she says, we, you were saying, she says, well... She, she says, okay, well, then I need some proof that you're going to pay up. I need collateral. Yeah, collateral. That's the word. Collateral. And he, and, and he asks, well, what collateral can I give you? And she says, well, your staff, your personal seal, and that string thing that's, right. that you're carrying around, the patil. The patil, which is ostensibly your cloak. Right. But, but on the deeper level, we hear the patil trelet, the blue string. Right. Oh, my God. You're wearing trelet. I'm wearing Tchelet, and Tchelet is a sponsor of the show. That's right. What a coincidence. It's not, well, there you go, because it is, it is the most incredible uh, opportunity in our, in our generations uh, to connect to that. So go to T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T, Tchelet.com, and order yourself Tchelet like our good friend alone. That's right. From, from Phoenix. Join the team of the True Blue Jew. True, that's it. True Blue Jew. And then write me an email saying, uh, you know what? You know what? Folks, I want to tell you. Last week, I said the first three people to, to, to write to me and say, me, me, me. Oh, right. Did anybody write to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet they oh did. yeah. Oh, yeah. Five people wrote to me. Three got the, 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 I said first three. So I had to stay true to the true Lego thing. And so three people are getting, I think somebody already got, that's right, already got an email, but it's been such a frenetic week, so I don't remember exactly who, but I, I, I remember one of our dear listeners uh, got already their Lego set, a, a Lagba Omer set. Awesome. From jbrick.com. Awesome. Okay, you can and dance I, around the fire without like, endangering your I'm furniture. Like, I'm like, I couldn't have think of a better one to send than the, the Lagba Omer set. You get like, oh my God, Rabbi Shimon, you got Rabbi you Shimon through Lego, through the Ishai Fleischer show <laughs> in partnership with Jbrick. <laughs> so it was like, pers- uh, perfect to you. lit my fire. Anyway, Tarte <laughs> Mashma. Uh, uh, and two people didn't get it, sorry, uh, including our good friend Yechiel who listens to the show in delay. Sorry, I know we're delayed ourselves. Uh, but 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 you'll have another opportunity to win. I'm going to try to help you guys win. Uh, I want you to write to me and say the words, 
hashtag. Here's here's what you have to write. If you don't write this, you don't get anything. When you say you have to write the word hashtag, or you, you can have put to, the no, no, you can put the the hashtag. The, the symbol, hashtag yeah. here in the subject line. It must write this, or else you cannot win. First two people to 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 write to me hashtag true blue Jew. It's got to be in capitals. True blue Jew, one word in one no space. Hashtag true blue Jew. First two people will win a prize from trailet.com. We'll win some kind of trailet uh, uh, prize, maybe for children, if you let me know, or whatever, or a tzitzi. You will win a prize. That's right. Wow. Okay? That's right. You it's will a win a prize. Uh, that's it. I'm, I'm making it right now. All right. Okay? So, but I'm you, writing but the if email you screw, But if you screw up the, the, way, the way I want it in the email, you don't get it. That's right. the way it is. Okay? Can you follow the instructions. Exactly. Okay. So anyway, he leaves the staff, and he leaves the string. The seal and the, the strings. Seal. Anyway, uh, later on, she's, guess, guess what? They had one night... Uh, one night with the king, right? She had right. One, there was and a and she's pregnant. <laughs> Good for you, Tamar. Well, okay. and that eventually becomes impossible to hide. Right. After about three months. Right. It becomes it becomes uh, and, a problem. And she's been living in her father's house. She went back, you know, as a widow to her father's house. Right. And they come and tell Judah and say, "Hey, you got you got um, some infidelity on your hand because she's committed to Judah's youngest son." A little stronger, Rabbi Mike. She has been a harlot, and she is pregnant to harlotry. That's true. It's actually there's a dark the force. It. And it's a big divertor that I have about that, but it's a dark energy that says she must die. That's right. This seed of yours, you don't know that, but this seed of yours. And that's what's so dark about this is that it's the world conspiring to cause him with his own hands to destroy his future. Think about this, Rabbi Mike, to do exactly what his sons did. Yes, which is to not yes. procreate with yes. that seed. Yes, that's a very oh, powerful man. element. And so they take her out. To burn. Burn her. Burn her. Burn her at the ben, stake. You get Ben to put the clip in there? Yeah. <laughs> burn her at the stake. Yeah. And on the way out, she sends a message. Not on Twitter. Nope. Not on Facebook. A little package to, to Judah. Right. Little saying, I just want you to know not that. Not publicly. Not publicly. Just to whom these belong, I have been a harlot. I've been impregnated. Impregnated. I am impregnated to he... Who's the owner of these? Not right. to you. No, just whomever. Recognize these. I care not. Yeah. I care. It's, 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 it's beautiful. Right? It's like, gorgeous. Geez, does this look familiar? <laughs> and nothing. And, and, and from here, our sages learn, by the way, a, a very important principle, that better that one should throw themselves into a fiery furnace than embarrass another in public. Amazing. You know, and it's a very important thing. What to a lesson for today's day and age yeah, where they're shaming all over the place. important thing to remember out there in the world is that it is literally a do or die Situation if you face the opportunity of embarrassing another person. Right. In any case, here's the big moment. Judah sees these things and he says, he says, she was more righteous than me. Don't, do not burn her at the stake. She is indeed, she is, now, now I know exactly what happened and she's righter than I am in that I was supposed to give her the son Shela. She did a admirable act indeed. Doesn't say that, but that's what's understood. And, and basically she saved and they get together. And not only that, from that impregnation comes, comes the line of the Messiah. Comes the line of the Messiah. Twins uh, 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 um, come out from her, and and the uh, very colorful language there. Uh, but in any case, the seed of Messiah is born. That's right. And uh, and that is the seed of Messiah. Just in, in one short thought, which is the seed of Messiah hides in the darkest of places, 
and needs to be rescued through these kind of incredible acts. It's important to remember that that's what the human condition is. Always remember that what's perfect and divine in us, God doesn't need us for. He could have it without us. It's the things which are dark and broken that we have the power to rectify. That's what we have to offer to God. And that's why the Messiah comes from that place. So Tamar uses her wiles in order to coax Yehuda towards her and to have this incredible union that's going to be the seed of Messiah. Yes. A similar act, but one that comes from a dark force, is going to be Mrs. Potiphar. As the camera jumps once again. Right. Camera jumps back to Joseph. Back to Joseph the Righteous. He's going to be in Egypt, and Mrs. Potiphar is going to try to drag him into her bedroom. Good-looking house slave that he is. Ish matzliach. He's finding, you know, chain in, in everybody's eyes. Everybody loves him. He's, he's just good at everything. He's, you know, he's got the Midas touch. Everything he touches turns to gold, and she decides that she wants him to be hers. And, and that's why you call this, you know, hashtag me too, because it says in the text that she's repeatedly asking him at every opportunity, lie with me, lie with me, until finally one day comes, the house is empty. It's some festival for Vodazar. And she says, I'm not feeling well today. You all go to the temple and sacrifice. I'll stay home. And there's a big debate when it says and that Yosef went back to the house to do his work. I'm sure you're familiar with it, right? There, two of our sages said to do his work, meaning he was busy and he had stuff to do and he got caught. And the other one said that basically he decided to give in at that moment. And to lie with her. And to lie with her. Right. And, 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 to, and, to, and he just you know, either couldn't resist. There's another version that says that he thought this was actually his way up. He knew that he was supposed to go up. Right. And, and, and that's it. He's about to, 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 to succumb to this, to this pitui. What's the word in English? Seduction. Uh, seduction. And at the last moment, the Bible doesn't say, the Torah doesn't say this actually, but the Medrash says he sees a reflection either of himself or he sees in the window, he sees his, his father, father's Jacob. Face. His but father you know why it's so powerful that you said it's either of himself or his father's face? It, there's a very important detail in the story that before this happened, he got down to Egypt, things were going well, he was Ishmat Sliach, successful at everything, he started to dress like an Egyptian. He started to grow his hair long and wear the you know, wear makeup and fine clothes. He may have been a slave, but he was the chief slave of the house. And in that moment, he lost his, himself. And you know why it's so important that he saw his father's reflection in the window? Because we already saw it from the Midrash. You know who he looked like? His Who'd, father. He looked just like his father. Right. I mean, he, looked, he saw himself, That's and right. the surface was this long-haired Egyptian guy with the makeup, and yet he saw his father behind there. He said, wait, my father's... Yaakov. Right. That's not who I am. Right. And in that moment, he ran. And I want to add to that that the that the moment of potential sexuality, the question is asked, what about the past? Where am I coming from? Right. And then his father says to him in the Midrash, your name was going to be uh, on the, and your son's names are going to be on the, on the, uh, the breastplate, of the, the breastplate. Of, the, of the high priest. Right. It's going to be there. It's going to be the names of the children is going to be on these, on these precious stones. You've got a big future. Right. And instead, guess what? They're going to say about you that you're a pimp. Yeah. That's, that's the words. You're yeah. going to be a sarsour zonot. Yep. You're a pimp. So which one is it? Like, do you want to, I am showing you the past and showing you the future. That's where sexuality has to be. Well, and it, what's, very important is in, in the present you're feeling consumed by desire and are you a human being that is able to step out of your desire and make a decision of values and, and and embody that desire in a way which will bring the world forward or do you fall into that ammo and just consume yourself with desire in the moment and the past and the future be damned well she is pulling at him and he says she's literally pulling on his clothes he says i can't do this this thing this you know i cannot do this great evil i cannot do this great evil she grabs him by she grabs him by his clothing and he 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 kind slips of slips out slips out of his coat yep. again he's being now defrocked well it's it's very clearly she strips his clothes off and where does he end up he's back in jail back he goes in to, the pit right in the pit back in the pit. second time around it's round 2 
Right. And this is where we leave him at the end of this parsha. And the question really will be, is he going to learn in round two what he didn't learn in round one? When he came out of the pit in round one, he wasn't yet Yosef at Tzaddik. He wasn't yet Yosef the Righteous. Will he be Yosef the Righteous when he comes out of round two? A tremendous maturation process. She, of course, claims that he victimized her. Yet careful, in, yeah, careful but, out there with right, the culture. Right, but but indeed she was she was actually sexually harassing him. Uh, by the way, just one last thought, and we're done here. Uh, how did he know that 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 going with her was the wrong direction? Was not the way to go? Because there was a thought in his head that maybe this is the pathway towards towards being greatness. what he's supposed to be, towards sure. greatness that he was promised in these dreams. So I saw a great Hasidic interpretation. It says that she she beckoned to him. Yom, yom, every day. He realized only Yitzhar Hara calls to you every single day. He is the only part of your personality that gets up every day to go to work. Right. <laughs> Yitzhar Hatov, the good inclination, sometimes Comes, opens the windows goes. and closes. You, you open opportunities, you miss them, whatever it is. It's, it's not every day. Daily do you have to overcome the evil inclination. That's what he realized about so her. So true. And, uh, uh, and he ends up back in jail. Now, he's going to meet two folks in jail, but we're going to leave that for next week. The dreams of the uh, butler and, and the baker. And the baker. We're gonna leave. We're gonna leave uh, uh, that story for next week because it's gonna have everything to do with uh, with Joseph's continuing evolution and to becoming Yosef Atzadik. Folks, we covered a lot of topics today. We covered the uh, Trump's uh, a recognition of Jerusalem and America's recognition of Jerusalem. That's really more correct. Yep. Uh, of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. We talked about Hanukkah. We talked about light. We talked about Yutet Kislev. We talked about a uh, 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 narrative war. We talked about um, clothing. Clothing. Uh, and we talked about loving brothers, but being insensitive to people. We talked about the transition of, of Joseph to becoming who he's supposed to be. And of course, the Jewish people are going to go through a great transition to becoming who they're going to be. And how the light of Messiah comes out of darkness. That's right. Thank you very much. The light of Messiah is coming out of darkness. Folks, I want to thank you so much for listening. And I want to remind you again, please give uh, to... Uh, Rav Mike or in his show The Jewish Story go to RavMike.com look for that donate button up on the right RavMike.com it's just that simple and for my show YishaiFleischer.com and of course for our parent network uh, The Land of Israel Network uh, I told you about Tchelet if you didn't hear about it rewind a little bit uh, the good fo- the good folks and the, I mean this in two meanings uh, at Hebron HebronFund.org that's the fathers and the mothers that's our folks and the good people who are holding that place open for all of us. And of course, happy birthday, happy happy rebirth, happy light uh, to Yerushalayim, whose light is coming forth into the world. God bless you wherever you are. Thank you for sticking with us for such a long show, uh, and we hope that you got light through it as well. Stay strong, stay connected, stay tuned, and stay part of the story. God bless you, and shalom. For the Maccabee children. Hi, this is Josh Haston, host of Israel Uncensored. And on behalf of all of the show hosts here, we want to wish our listeners all over the world a happy Hanukkah and all the best from Jerusalem. Happy holidays from the team here at thelandofisrael.com. <laughs>